cross tonight And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real d anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now, that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this thing So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my plate Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters Richard Nixon's vision of peace and global unity alive with sounds and music from all the cultures of all the people all over the world. If you hear uh, like you think the ones on, what do you call it, music at the restaurants or on the elevators? That music is destructive. That music, if we had good music playing for people in a happy society on the streets, you know? I feel like uh, my music, uh, I have a new record coming out. I was just like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and uh, my partner Jim Dwyer has got school responsibilities this week. So he'll be back with us next week. We were going to talk about the Wings briefly, but uh, they're in the playoffs. Uh, got an all-time uh, franchise record going there, at least uh, current streaks. I think it's up to 21 and uh, 12 years in a row with 100 points. Yes, it's a little disappointing that they uh, slipped in the standings a bit after a barrage of injuries, but uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. They certainly missed Darren Helm and... Uh, I think another player that was out for a while, underrated, that they missed more than they realized was uh, Erickson. He's back. Um, he's kind of a finesse big dude that can handle some of the uh, big forwards a little easier than our uh, other finesse defensemen. So uh, we'll wish the Wings well. And I think they're going to go pretty much about as far as uh, those top couple of lines get, you know, if they get hot or not. And, uh, Goaltending is crucial, so uh, Jimmy Howard's health is very important. So we'll root for the Wings. They open up Wednesday at uh, Nashville. So let's go, Detroit. <laughs> uh, the classiest sports organization going anywhere in America. Uh, we have uh, unemployment numbers out over the weekend. Obviously, with the holiday weekend, the stock market wasn't affected uh, because of this announcement. But uh, some of the exaggerated comments regarding the disappointment of these numbers, I think, shows that uh, people 
don't understand the American economy very well anymore. Uh, the American economy is a mature economy. It's never going to have rapid, heavy, high growth numbers uh, because its economy is so big. And uh, what we want in America is slow but steady growth and slow but steady job growth. And if you look at the data, um, it's pretty much been going up almost now for in terms of employment. First of all, it's been positive for over a year. Um, and the job growth uh, uh, from month to month has uh, been anywhere between 1% and 1.5%. Um, could be higher, but the bottom line is in the last uh, three months, the American economy has still created over um, 600,000 jobs. And um, uh, manufacturing uh, continues to uh, grow, which is a good sign. Uh, these numbers, of course, went down a little bit this past month, I think, due to, um, um, oh, I think they reported that retailers shed 34,000 jobs, according to uh, Matoko Rich's uh, article in Saturday's New York Times. Um, she writes that this, quote, uh, may be a sign to some some economists that the rapid incursion of e-commerce has hurt employment in the sector. Indeed, um, not all of the technology um, growth in the American economy is, is helping job growth. That's uh, certainly one of the reasons why we've seen so many uh, layoffs in uh, old media um, kind of weak, uh, tepid growth in the retail sector as uh, brick-and-mortar stores probably uh, continue to fall by the wayside a little bit here and there. And another interesting report on the economy um, I heard uh, over the weekend uh, re re is uh, with respect to gasoline prices. We've heard a lot of hyperbole over the past several months regarding um, gas uh, prices and uh, gas prices get this that it's come down a little bit in the last couple of weeks but uh, they're basically five cents more than they were a year ago and if you go back and you check the data giving an explanation uh, for why prices have gone up um, obviously international events have been a significant factor Iran saber rattling about Iran and the possible war. Uh, I don't think for one minute that Barack Obama is going to start a war with Iran, but uh, Israel is another story. And then, of course, the Japanese nuclear disaster that uh, is now a little over a year old had a very deleterious effect on their uh, energy production because they have uh, been shutting down uh, nuclear plants and uh, due to the fact that they are not uh, uh, well endowed with uh, generous or big supplies of fossil fuels, they have to import uh, both oil and uh, natural gas. And they have unfortunately been uh, burning more oil as a part of their energy uh, situation. This is to produce electricity. A uh, article from, oh, almost a month ago in the uh, Wall Street Journal shows 
that sometime last summer, for reasons that remain uh, somewhat unexplained, the United States began exporting gasoline. Um, and this, of course, has had a... Uh, there's a sort of a mismatch uh, in the refinery problem here in the United States. And while we hear uh, the Republican presidential candidates trying to exploit this uh, situation for political purposes with arguments that they will drill, baby, drill, to paraphrase Sarah Palin, um, that is uh, not, uh, first of all, that's going on as, as we speak. I mean, Barack Obama, I think one of the strengths of his State of the Union this year was that he uh, sort of endorsed a uh, all-of-the-above approach regarding energy. I certainly, as a uh, someone to the left of Barack Obama, uh, am desirous of uh, seeing more renewable energy uh, put into the system, regardless of the cost to some degree. Uh, notice in the last couple of days, it's been exceedingly windy uh, here in Michigan, and uh, the infrastructure is just not being built fast enough and there certainly are inadequate uh, government. Uh, um, there's there's inadequate government spending on the renewable sector. There's too much uh, focus on the quote cost of uh, renewable energy versus the hidden costs of fossil fuel energy. Because fossil fuel energy doesn't include the uh, impact on uh, climate change. The uh, People that die from uh, uh, mining and uh, oil accidents. In fact, I think there's another oil leak going on in the North Sea as we speak. And uh, it just understates the total cost of uh, fossil fuel. Uh, obviously, in the short term, uh, coal, natural gas, and uh, uh, oil are, are going to be part of the mix. Uh, and, of course, in America, about two-thirds of the oil we uh burn is imported um, mainly from Canada and Mexico but uh, the bottom line is that um, a, a significant amount of this oil is used for the transportation sector so uh, it's curious to me if, if oil prices are so uh, uh, causing such a damage you know so, such a uh, negative impact on the American economy then why are people buying Jeeps and uh, Ford F-150s um, obviously small car, car sales have been also going up because some people realize that these prices are probably never going to go back down to the area that we saw uh, many years ago. And there's a variety of reasons for that. First of all, the uh, global population continues to grow. And of course, China just simply has to import oil to uh, um, feed their uh, growing economy. And uh, this is why they have made many, many deals with uh, African countries to uh, get the oil. So the jobs report is uh, a little weak, but uh, the unemployment rate went down a little bit. And uh, I think that the real thing about the job story, uh, for, particularly for young people, that I think is uh, troubling is that this continues to be fundamentally an education problem. And uh, interestingly, a um, criminal record problem. And I mention this because I read recently, and I don't have the article with me, but it was a staggering number that some 30% of young people in the United States have uh, 
criminal records uh, for various reasons. And in some cases, this is, uh, this is being enhanced, this, these criminal uh, proceedings are being enhanced by the brain-damaged war on drugs, as well as these strange uh, things going on in the state of Texas. Over the weekend, the BBC had an outstanding report about how the school discipline system in the state of Texas is essentially becoming a pipeline for the jail system. And that there is a, uh, because of privatization of jails here in the United States, the prison industrial complex was one of the biggest growth sectors in the American economy in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, the war on drugs that Ronald Reagan revived uh, has been a monumental failure. And uh, over the weekend, of course, we celebrated Hash Bash. Uh, no sightings of Pat Robertson, but I did want to mention uh, an article from about a month ago. Uh, in which Pat Robertson says marijuana should, uh, use should be legal. Uh, this dated March 8th, and apparently he made um, statements. Uh, I'll just read the quote. I really uh, believe we should treat marijuana the way we treat uh, beverage alcohol, Mr. Robertson said in an interview on Wednesday. I've never used marijuana and don't intend to, but I just think it's one of those things that I think... This war on drugs just hasn't succeeded. Mr. Robertson's remarks echoed sentiments he made uh, last week on the 700 Club, his signature broadcasting uh, C, uh, Christian Broadcasting Network, and other comments he made in 2010. Um, quote, I believe in working with the hearts of people and not locking them up. Well, hallelujah, Pat Robertson has seen the light on at least one issue. Um, no sightings of Pat Robertson at Hash Bash, but uh, yeah, we'll look for him next year. I just thought I would throw that in for, uh, 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 you know, things that occasionally surprise. Uh, Mike Wallace, of course, uh, passed away over the weekend. Fairly interesting obituary in today's uh, uh, New York Times about his history. Um, I'll just read one little brief quote from the uh, official obituary of Mike Wallace that's actually on the front page by uh, Tim Weiner where he uh, did an interview with uh, um, John Ehrlichman, uh, one of, uh, basically John Ehrlichman was uh, Richard Nixon's uh, top domestic advisor. And uh, he resigned... He and H.R. Haldeman were allowed to resign on the uh, 30th of April, 1973, as the Watergate scandal began unraveling. Um, most historians would argue that Haldeman and Ehrlichman were sort of thrown under the bus. This is a phrase that's used frequently these days. So that Nixon could uh, possibly salvage his presidency, that they were sufficiently high up in the administration that this might uh, solve Nixon's problems, but it hardly did. On that date, also, John Dean was fired, and uh, Richard Kleindienst, who was the attorney general, resigned. Kleindienst had replaced John Mitchell, who was uh, Richard Nixon's attorney general, uh, during the uh, infamous uh, enemies list era. Uh, John Lennon, of course, was on the enemies list. We mentioned that because John Sinclair... Uh, was in town over the weekend in celebration of Hash Bash here in Ann Arbor. 
And that's another uh, significant event in the history of Richard Nixon's presidency. But anyway, Mike Wallace in interviewing uh, John Ehrlichman, who interestingly was paid, I believe, $100,000 for this interview, uh, said perjury, plans to audit tax returns for political reasons, theft of psychiatric records, spying by undercover agents, conspiracy to obstruct justice. All of this done by the Law and Order Administration of Richard Nixon? Mr. Ehrlichman paused and said, is there a question in there somewhere? And, of course, Mike Wallace uh, was characterized in this uh, obituary as uh, using his staccato style. Should have said, uh, no, those are just statements of fact, sir. <laughs> because, uh, indeed, that was just part of the uh, dirty tricks of Richard Nixon. And uh, Mike Wallace, of course, was a aggressive uh, interviewer. Um, I th the obituary, I think, deals historically with some of his ups and downs throughout his career. It's quite interesting that he went into a uh, prolonged and uh, fairly dangerous depression uh, following the William Westmoreland uh, business in which CBS was sued for libel. This was settled out of court. Um, I don't personally think that um, on the facts that, that William Westmoreland had much of a case. I don't think there's much argument uh, anymore that the uh, American military and uh, intelligence agencies in Vietnam were uh, cooking the numbers uh, regarding the strength of the enemy. And uh, it's interesting that reporters on the ground, including... Uh, Mike Wallace uh, did some reporting from Vietnam earlier in his career. But many of the preeminent uh, reporters, particularly the international reporters, knew that the United States uh, was uh, misleading, that the Johnson administration and the Nixon administration were misleading the American public about the situation in Vietnam all across the board. Uh, the Gulf of Tonkin um, incident is now known to have been uh, exaggerated by... Uh, members of the uh, American military. And uh, Vietnam, of course, uh, was a series of uh, lies and deceptions uh, perpetrated on the American people for uh, many decades. And Richard Nixon, who uh, ran for president in 1968 with a plan to, quote, end the war, um, lied to the American people since he immediately started a secret war in Cambodia that uh, took quite some time to uh, be revealed to the American people, but it eventually was. And this, of course, is what led to the uh, Kent State. Uh, the year of Kent State, 1970, was a, was a year after um, uh, Nixon's secret war in Cambodia had, had begun. And uh, I think that one fortunate thing about uh, this year's presidential election is I think that... Uh, some of the ugliness uh, that's been used in previous presidential elections regarding Vietnam will be absent from this uh, election, other than perhaps uh, the question of where was Mitt. Of course, Mitt had a, uh, an exemption, so to speak, um, since he was married. An uh, exemption, by the way, that uh, many hawks like uh, Dick Cheney uh, utilized to... Uh, avoid service while attacking a volunteer like John Kerry, one of the uh, interesting, uh, 
ironies of American history. So uh, it's sad to see Mike Wallace go. I think that, uh, by the way, he's one of the more famous graduates of the University of Michigan. He graduated in 1939. Um, and uh, I think he stayed fairly sharp uh, throughout, his, uh, throughout his life. I mean, other than this depression, I think he was... I think that he took the uh, Westmoreland uh, lawsuit uh, maybe a little bit too seriously and too too much to heart uh, because I don't think on the facts. Um, Westmoreland, of course, was, was filing this libel suit to uh, protect his reputation um, to the extent that he had any reputation left, but uh, um, History has vindicated Mike Wallace, I would say, and not William Westmoreland, and nor will it. And uh, Westmoreland, of course, was the head of uh, the uh, basically ground operations in Vietnam and kept requesting more and more ground troops. And uh, eventually Robert McNamara got kind of fed up with these requests because he just simply uh, didn't think... Uh, the war in Vietnam was working anymore. He be started to become a critic and a skeptic. I don't know that he ever became a public critic. I think he took his uh, uh, silence, uh, you know, along to the World Bank where uh, Lyndon Johnson essentially kicked him upstairs. Um, so that's... Uh, uh, it's sad to see Mike Wallace uh, pass along. Uh, of course, we had this over the weekend, another uh, horrific uh, event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Arrests have been made. Uh, we need not uh, go into too much of the details about the uh, troubled young man involved in this, but uh, I think the mere fact that they were <laughs> caught burning the white pickup uh, indicates that they were involved in this uh, case. I think that... Uh, it's unfortunate that this may even uh, be characterized as a hate crime. I'm not, we'll let the facts come out on that, but certainly uh, hatred and resentment were part of the motivation of this troubled young man. And, uh, well, you know, I think that the initial reports on this are, are uh, pretty indicative that this was an example of uh, the public getting involved. They knew uh or had an idea, um, anonymous tips came in, and uh, the perpetrators were caught. But it's interesting to note that the uh, about a month ago, the Southern Poverty Law Center um, has announced that the number of hate groups uh, in the United States uh, has um, is rising, and. Uh, I don't think that these two individuals were part of a hate group. I think they were. I think that this was a was a guy who, uh, who. Uh, well, let's just say that he went downhill after his father was uh, murdered, and we don't know all of the circumstances surrounding that murder. But um, the only thing I can say about uh, young people uh, dealing with anger like this: don't go out and buy a gun. Um, you know, seek uh, counseling, psychiatric help, whatever. But uh, buying a gun is not going to be an answer to your uh, your problems. And by golly, if you use the gun and uh, kill other people, you are going to be caught. 
particularly if you uh, post your uh, grievances on Facebook. Um, the people in many, many of the people in prison, and this guy is certainly going to prison. Uh, he may well even be executed. This I, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma has the death penalty, and this is a horrific crime uh, that our society cannot tolerate. Whether you're in favor of the death penalty or not, it ends up depending on where you perpetrate these murders. But uh, I don't think the death penalty is a deterrent to crime, nor do I think it's... Uh, I, I, I think that it is marginally constitutional in another area of the Bill of Rights, but uh, I think that the... Uh, Racial disparities that that clearly exist in the application of the death penalty around the United States makes it unconstitutional at this time. But it's interesting, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has been keeping track of hate groups, uh, recorded 1,018 hate groups operating last year. This number of the, the number of groups whose ideology is organized against specific racial, religious, sexual, or other characteristics has ridden steadily since 2000 when 602 were identified. Anti-gay groups, for instance, have risen to 27 from 17. Um, that's a small percentage of the total number of hate groups, but obviously uh, populist rage and anti-government uh, rhetoric that's coming from the right-wing media, the right-wing mainstream media, uh, perpetrated by uh, people on Fox News and uh, the likes of Rush Limbaugh, are part of the problem. Uh, I would suggest to the right-wing hate groups that if they wish uh, to live in a society without government, uh, with plenty of guns, Somalia, Yemen, and Afghanistan beckon. Uh, get out of the United States of America and move to those countries. You can have all the guns and all all the non-existent government you want. Those places are basically ungovernable, have weak government, and uh, plenty of guns. So, uh, so much for uh, another unfortunate incident. But I think it's uh, you know just a brief comment about the. Uh, the Martin case in Florida. This is obviously still being investigated by a special prosecutor, but I think it's very important that uh, Americans not lose sight of the issue regarding uh, people's constitutional rights to fair trials. If you create too much publicity and create too much, too many protests over one uh, murder, because uh, that's what it appears to be, um, you may allow the uh, perpetrator of this crime to use the... Uh, Dr. Shepard uh, defense that got him off of a murder back in the 1950s. Uh, so be careful with, uh, you know, remember that people do have a right to a fair trial. And, of course, the circumstances in the Trevon uh, Martin case are, are very different than this uh, situation in Tulsa. Um, these uh, perpetrators in Tulsa were not part of a neighborhood watch group. They were part of a... Uh, neighborhood uh, hate group, uh, a war of two, it seems like. But we'll let the facts uh, unfold as we speak. Uh, speaking of uh, constitutional rights, I wanted to give the Supreme Court a brain damage award for this uh, appalling ru ruling uh, regarding the uh, strip search.
business. Um, how on earth people can be strip searched for traffic violations in which the Supreme Court defers power and responsibility to prison officials under those circumstances is incomprehensible to me. Um, this, of course, was a five to four ruling. Uh, basically, the same justices that voted for Citizens United uh, voted for the right to be strip searched, even if you're pulled over for driving with, you know, a suspended license, apparently, or uh, loose tags on your plate. This is very scary and is not a good development at all and underscores the fact that the uh, phony conservative argument about how they believe in less government or not judicial activism, which of course reared its ugly head, uh, so to speak, in the uh, comments by Barack Obama last week regarding the uh, pending uh, ruling on um, the Affordable Health Care Act um, is, uh, well... <laughs> Ironic, to say the least. Apparently, I, you know, and I, I still am confident. I agree with Obama. I don't see how the Supreme Court uh, strikes these laws down. Uh, perhaps part of it, but not, not the whole thing. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, that is scary stuff. Uh, just wanted to uh, thank Andrew for engineering again this evening. And apparently we are out of time down here on WCBN. FM Ann Arbor, so uh, I'm going to have to cut out, and uh, we're going to turn this over to the Yazoo City Calling folks uh, right here on this fine station, so do stay tuned. Good programming all night. I know that uh, Professor Schmitty and uh, Frank Uli are coming up at 10, so do stay tuned. <laughs> This morning, from between midnight and day. Tune your radio to 88.3 at 7 p.m. every Monday evening for Yazoo City Calling, an hour-long show of blues roots music from the early half of the 20th century. Your rotating hosts include myself, Morgan Drake, and the show's creator, Jerry Mack. Come check it out. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Manos. What are you doing to celebrate Easter this year? I'm going to break into song. Wow, cool. Can I join you? Yeah, of course you could join. Check it out. WCBN presents Jesus Christ Superstar Free Movie Night at the Arbor Brewing Company, Wednesday the 11th at 9 p.m. one of the most beautiful songs of our time. The kind of song that has ushered in a new golden era in popular music. An era of songs with refreshing and imaginative melodies. Of songs that say something new and honest about love, life, and the world we live in. Only trouble is, 
The songs of today have to compete with the sound of today. A harsh, over-amplified sound that can smother the prettiest of melodies and 